I said, I got everything ready to go. And I got up and I, I, I was listening to someone. Um, uh, they were speaking a word this morning. And the Lord began to speak into my heart. So you kind of have patience with me because all this other stuff now is beginning to cram in and crowd into my mind. And I know there's other things that God wanted me to say. And, and I, that's why that I tuned in, I'm sure. But uh, anyway, we will get started on this. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Been talking about the fruit of the Spirit now for uh, three weeks. And uh, we're talking um, how that, that when the Spirit is in us, that, that it produces fruit in us. And, and it's already been pointed out that, that uh, uh, it's not fruits of the Spirit. It is fruit of the Spirit. Let's, uh, our text scripture today is found in, once again in Galatians, the fifth chapter, verse 22 and 23. And we'll read that and, and we'll... Uh, if you would, let's just read it all together. And starting in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. So, let's read it again. I'm going to let you do it this time. But the fruit of the Spirit... Amen. Amen. And today we're going to be talking about the third one, the fruit of the Spirit, peace. Now, if you want to kind of get ahead of the curve a little bit, you might want to turn in your Bibles to Philippians, the fourth chapter. Just kind of hold your place there. And also Isaiah chapter 55. And I'm going to have a lot of Scripture today. These are the main two passages, but I've got a lot of Scripture. And the most of this this PowerPoint that's going to be up here today is going to be listing scriptures, so you'll have the opportunity to, to write them down if you'd like. Um, the Lord gave me a lot of scripture, and, and it's just more than I wanted to put on PowerPoint, I'll be honest with you. So I just, uh, I just put the references there. If you're interested in it, write them down, take notes, uh, because uh, they're good. Now, we're in the third session of this series, The Fruit of the Spirit. Once again, we've noted that that fruit is singular and not plural. Now, just imagine, if you will, uh, on your kitchen table or on your countertop or whatever, that you have a bowl and it's full of fruit. Now, what would you call that bowl that's full of fruit? And it might have apples and oranges and bananas and, and pineapple and, and, and grapes and all that. What would you call that? Would you call it a fruits bowl? Is there anybody here who call it a fruits bowl? I wouldn't. I mean, I would basically call it what? A fruit bowl. I mean, yes, there are different fruits in there, and, they, and there are different appearances, and there are different textures, and there are different tastes, and, and you, 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 you desire them at different times for different things, but it's still a fruit bowl. And that's the way it is with the fruit of the Spirit. They're different. They have different applications in our life, and, and they work differently in our lives, but it's not fruits of the Spirit, it's fruit of the Spirit. Because they are all created, they're all, you know, the bananas and the oranges and the apples and, and, and everything, they're all the same food group. And if you want to, you can refer to it as the same food group. You know, it, it's all in the same area of, of, of what grows in our life. Now, if I were to ask ten different people 
to define peace, I would probably get, I, may, I might even get 10 different answers. You know, uh, people would, would, would give me answers like, um, well, peace to me is, is when all the nations are, are, there is no conflict and we're not shooting at each other. And, and, or, um, you know, my neighbor and I are not yelling over the fence at each other. Or, or you know, the kids are, are not fighting today. That's peace. Or perhaps peace is, uh, for you could be finding a place, you know, that you could relax and rest. And, and, and you know, um, for instance, uh, well, let, let me just, uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. Number one, let me, let me just tell you what peace is not, okay? Let me do that. Peace is not an absence of conflict. Now, I know that we seem to think that, that that's the definition of peace, but peace is not an absence of conflict. And, and Paul says in Romans, the 12th chapter, verse 18, he tells us, if possible, so far as it depends on you, to be at peace with all men. Now, you notice that he said, if possible, if it depends on you, to be at peace with all men. So I'm going to ask you this question. Is it always possible to be at peace with all men? No, it's not. I mean, you know, you can do the best you can, and you can be Mr. Nice Guy or Mr. Nice Lady, you know, or Miss Nice Lady, or, you know, you can do everything that you can possibly do, you know, in this life to be peaceful with, with, with different folks. And there are some people you just can't make peace with. There's some people that just won't like you, that just won't like anything that you do, that won't like anything about you, and they're just not going to be at peace. So Paul says, if possible, if at all possible, be at peace with all people. Now, it's interesting that, that Paul said this, and we'll, we're going to look at it later, that, uh, why he said this, but you know, it's a great example of what Christians are supposed to do, what Paul said here. He said, if it's in your power, you need to be at peace with people. If it's up to you, you need to be at peace with people. Well, you know, that's what Christians are supposed to do. That, you know, okay, let, let me get real here. If you get in a fuss with a non-Christian, what's the first thing they're going to say? Well, I thought you was a Christian. You know. Well, they're being nasty and hateful to you and, and you know, they, they're not going to go for peace and they want to say you're not a Christian. I understand Christians are supposed to just back off and, and turn the other cheek and that sort of thing. But how difficult is that for us? I mean, you know, yes, we are Christians, and, but, you know, it's difficult to do that sort of thing. So where does that come from? Does that come from our own willpower? Not normally. My willpower, I'm, I'm just being real about me. If somebody gets real nasty with me, I have a very difficult time saying, God bless you, brother. It's okay. You know, I love you, and, and I'm going to be praying for you. I'm, most of the time, I'm going to, first thing that's going to flare up in me is that, well, you dirty rascal, you don't tell you one of you know. But then, you know, it, it, the Christian part of us, that part of us is supposed to be redeemed. It's supposed to get to the place we can say, yes, brother, I love you, and I'll be praying for you. See, but it's not always my first response, I'll be honest with you, okay? I'm working that way. I'm trying very hard for that to be the, the way that I want to be. But it, it's, it's the humanity in us that gets in the way sometimes. We're going to talk about that later too. But only God can be responsible 
for true peace through the Holy Spirit. I mean, I can keep my side of the street clean as possible. But that doesn't always mean that everybody I come in contact with is going to do the same thing. Only God can create that true peace that causes people to really want to be peaceful with each other. Okay, peace is not an absence, an absence of conflict. And number two, peace is not a lack of disturbance in your life. Now, a lot of folks might think peace is, you know, everything's going just fine. You know, the kids are making good grades. I'm, you know, I got a good job going here. Man, my, I got a nice car. It's running good. You know, I get 50 miles to the gallon. You know, who gets 50 miles a gallon? But anyway, I'm just saying that, you know, for some of us, that's peace. And, and, you know, and then you walk out in the garage or the utility room and the washers broke down and there's water all over the garage floor. The big T jumps up. Well, see, it's not always a lack of disturbance that's peace. And we talk about peace being superficial, basically. You know, when we, when we speak to other people about peace, peace is. But... That's not always the case. You know, the, the Scripture says in Job's 14th chapter, verse 1, man who is born of woman is a few days and he is, here's the word, full of trouble. Now, isn't that the truth? I mean, you know, you can think things are going just fine. You're running down the highway and you're singing, you know, you're singing uh, uh, one of your gospel songs and, and boom, tire blows out. You know, that's not lack of disturbance in your life. But you can still have peace. But it's, it's not about those external things. And thirdly, well, let me back up just a moment. Uh, when these things happen, when these, the big T jumps up, Mr. Trouble, and what are you going to do? Who are you going to call? Uh, a lot of times, you know, we want to call friends, family, and, you know, we, we call our brothers or our, our, you know, siblings or whatever. And Proverbs put this pretty good. I, I read this. I just started laughing, so I had to put it down. Proverbs 25, verse 19 says, Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth or a foot out of joint. That's not pleasant. How many of you have ever broken a tooth? Yeah, there you go. It wasn't pleasant, was it? said, confidence in an unfaithful man. And, you know, so we don't want to put our, our confidence in people that are going to, in our time of trouble, that are going to be unfaithful, that are going to be undependable. You know, basically it's saying undependable because the writer of Proverbs really hit it good. He didn't know anything about flat tires and broken washers, but he did know that if you put your confidence in somebody that you can't depend on it's like a broken tooth or a foot out of joint. And you can't even walk with a foot out of joint. You have to have help to do that. So it's interesting that the Scripture points out that, that peace is not about all these things out here. Okay, number three. Peace is not physical rest and serenity. Proverbs 19, verse 15 says that laziness... Cast one into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. Now, interesting, it's not physical rest and serenity. I, I, 
I'd like to tell you uh, about a place that I used to go when I wanted to go fishing. Now, you had to go out into, believe it or not, you went out into the desert. But there was a river that ran through this desert, and, and in the middle of this desert, there was a beautiful waterfall, and there was a pond out there at the bottom of the waterfall that was probably 100 yards across and maybe 100 yards wide, uh, and beautiful place. And, and I used to love to go to this place. And the cool thing about it is nobody else was ever there when I was there. I was down there one time, and there were a couple of guys across the river from me, and they were fishing, and I could hear their voices, you know. And, and But that was it. Every time that I went fishing in this place, and I went a lot, it was just a peaceful, serene place. And, and you know, it was one of those places you could you could put your bait out there and, and, and just relax and just like, kind of let it drift down the river. And you could pull it back and throw it out there again let it drift. It was easy fishing. And I caught lots of fish. And, and I loved to be in this place. And it was just the most beautiful scenery that, that I, I'd ever seen. I mean, you know, that I'd ever been in the middle of. Let me put it that way. And, and I felt like I was just at peace with myself and in such serenity every time I went. But then I had to go home. And I had to get up the next day and go to work or, or whatever, you know, the situation called for. It was only for a moment. And that's what... Our, our restful times and our serene times are all about. It's good to get rest, and we all need the rest. And it's good to be in a quiet, serene place, you know, because we all need that. But we can't always be there. And, and the Scripture talks about it. We can even get lazy. And when we get lazy, it said it casts one into a deep sleep and an idle person. And I could have very certainly been an idle person in this place a lot. And it said an idle person will suffer hunger. Why will they suffer hunger? Because we have to get out and, and earn a living for this, this physical, its natural body. We have to do things that are necessary to keep our lives moving forward. So the peace that this serenity provided for me was temporary, you know, four or five hours at the best. And then I had to go back home and start all over again, you know, for making a living and, and dealing with the problems and broken uh, washing machines and flat tires and that sort of thing, you know. So that's the things that peace is not, among others. But, you know, why is that not peace? Let's just talk about what peace really is and, and, and we can figure out why that's not peace. It's interesting, and I, this is something that, that really caught me, just got me good. We are born, we are born as outside in people, that, that all of our influences come from the outside. Now think about this just a minute. This, this was kind of a concept that I had to think about. When we were born as, as babies and, and children, that Everything that we needed came from the outside, mom and dad or, or family members or whatever. And, and what do babies do when they're unhappy? They cry. You know, and, and so they cry and we figure out what it is that will put them at peace or that make them happy, you know, and we, we give them a bottle, we, we rock them to sleep, we, we change uh, their dirty diapers or wet diapers or whatever. You know, the outside stimulus causes them to, to be unhappy or happy, and that's the way we're born. And why are we born that way? Because Adam gave up the real person, 
and turned us into to physical people. Now, when you're born, you're outside in people. When you're born again, and it's, it's so cool because I never thought about this before when the Scripture says that, that, that when you're born again, you've been made a new creation, that all things have passed away and that everything is new again. So we're, we're born again and we become inside-out people. Does that make sense to you? That where we need to be living or where we need to be influenced is on the inside and it works out. When, when we're living in the flesh before we're born again, all of the outside influences are the things that makes the difference in our life. Everything that's outside is the way it is what creates what we feel inside. But when we're born again, all the things that are inside should be causing us to do the outside things in a different manner. So here we are, we find out that peace is not all of these things we talked about, but peace is really comes from the inside. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And, and one of the interesting things, if, if you remember in Mark 11, chapter 11, where Jesus was, was teaching, He went to the temple and He taught and He preached all day, the Bible said. And, and when He went back uh, to where they were staying, or, or he, he, he saw the fig tree. You remember the story of the fig tree? And he, he was, the Scripture said that He was hungry and He went to the fig tree. Now, it had green leaves on the tree. The, the tree had, you know, it was a beautiful green tree, but it didn't have any figs on it. And the Bible specifically says that it wasn't time for figs yet. But Jesus was trying to teach a lesson. So when there were no figs on the tree, He cursed the tree and said, no one will eat anything, no, any fruit from this tree from this day forward. Nobody's ever going to eat any fruit from it. And so they went on their way and they preached and they talked in the temple and, and they passed this tree on the way back. And it still was a green tree. You know, didn't look like it had changed at all. But the next morning when they got up and left out and started back into Jerusalem, they came to that tree and it was withered and had died. And even Peter says, well, this tree that you cursed yesterday, it's dead. You know, and that's when Jesus was teaching them, just have faith. Just have faith. Now, when people are born again, sometimes we don't see the results of that born again experience right then. Sometimes we don't do it. You know, and, and we are, are easy to, to judge. We're easy to, to be critical. You know, they really they said they were born again, but they really hadn't changed as far as I can see. Well, that's the problem. You can't see it. Because it's not an outside thing. It's an inside thing. Now, if I plant a fruit tree, can I go out the next day and pick fruit off it? No. I have to wait for it to grow. I have to wait for it to mature. I have to wait for something to happen. And that's what happens with the Holy Spirit in us. These are... These are, or the, this, this fruit in us is, is being matured. It, it's being, it's already been planted. But just because something is planted doesn't mean that you have immediate access to it unless you just get right in the middle of where God wants you and, and, and you just jump in with both feet. I believe that that can happen. But for the most part, when people are born again, we tend to expect too much of them right off the bat. 
we need to let the fruit begin to mature and begin to grow in people. And if you're having a problem and you, you're, you've been born again, you're sitting back saying, you know, I've been born again and I still have trouble in everything that I do and everywhere I go, you know, well, that's basically not unusual because the devil wants to take it away from you, wants to convince you that you didn't get anything in the first place. Give the fruit time to grow. Give it a chance to, to mature and to, and to prosper in you. And this peace, I promise you, will come if you will allow it the time to mature and to ripen in you because it is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that's where we're going today. The flesh is enmity against God and we can't obtain this peace through worldly uh, means we 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 talk about rest and relaxation and uh, and the troubles always find us and and but the peace that's found in Galatians five can only be achieved by letting God's Holy Spirit be in control of our lives and and Paul was talking to uh, church members. Let's turn to the Philippians verse that I was talking about or uh, Philippians chapter four and uh, Paul was exhorting us all to be at peace and he was pleading with the churches at Philippi, a couple of people there just to bury the hatchet and get along. Now, uh, let's read in verse 2 and 3, and I may have a little problem with the pronunciation here, but I think I can get it. He said, Now I appeal to Euodia and soon to Kay, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. Settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, and it doesn't say who the partner is, but it uh, uh, you can look it up, and it's Suzugos, or Suzugas, I guess is what it is, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. Now, this is key. They worked along with Clemas and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. Now, these are two women, the Scripture, and, and Paul said that they worked hard. They were hard workers, and they were spreading the good news, but they had a problem with each other. So they, they weren't letting the peace of God begin to, to, to grow in them. So it, you can find it everywhere. Peace is not, you know, an absence of conflict. We talked about that. It's not lack of disturbance. It's what's growing in you that's the peace. So he's talking to them and trying to get them to, to settle that all out. And, and, you know, the truth is we can't really condemn them too much for their actions because we're all born of earthly parents, which means that we're all born in a sinful nature, and sinful natures just can't seem to get along. They don't get along with God. Did you know that when we're born, that we're actually at war with God? Now, He's not at war with us. He don't want to be at war with us. But we're at war with God because we're born in a fleshly nature, and a sinful nature, and sin is always at war with God. Sin is always wanting to, to destroy and tear down what God does. But God's not that way. He's merciful. He doesn't want to be at war with sinners. Sinners want to be at war with Him. Do you know that you can't even come to the Father unless the Holy Spirit calls you? What did Jesus say? He said that no man may come to the Father except, you know, except by me and the Holy Spirit calls us. So, if we're in a place that we just don't want any part of God, and we are, when we, before we were born again, it's the peace of the Holy Spirit that comes in and says, come on, I'm going to show you something different. So we can step into that peace, and when we are born again, then we become 
that inside-out person that God wants us to be. Now, if you choose, if you want to be at war with God, you can be all the days of your life. But I can promise you the rewards of that kind of life is not going to be good. Now, God loved us so much that He didn't want to be at war with us at all. And He did that. He, he changed that by sending us the Prince of Peace. Reading in Isaiah, the ninth chapter, verse 6. Scripture says to us, this is all familiar to us. We've read this many times. and We mostly do this around Christmas, by the way. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So Jesus is the prince of the peace that we're looking for. He's the one that's going to be in charge of the peace that we're looking for. And and uh, sadly, the cost of the peace that Jesus brought was his own life. Isaiah 53, 5 and says this, that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of what? Our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed. So for you to have peace, you have to accept Christ. He is the Prince of Peace, and that your peace was paid for by His chastisement. In other words, His crucifixion. God has never wanted to be in conflict with us. He's always wanted us to be at peace. And the way we have to do that is to be at peace with Him. Um, But did you know that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross did not ensure that we would all accept that. I mean, think about it. There's people who ignore the calling of the Holy Spirit, people who ignore the fact that, that, that God wants them to be part of the family. And, and the, the Romans 3.10 and 11 says, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. And it's only by calling of the Holy Spirit that people can find that peace. And even then, some people ignore that calling. So, it's not always up to us, and sometimes it's not always up to God, because He gives you free will. And you can choose it, or you can not choose it. But because the Spirit draws us, because we believe in Jesus, because we receive Him as a personal Savior, then our peace comes. Romans 5.1 says, Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We, um, we have to, I just said earlier that we have to give the, the fruit time to grow and to mature. And we can't give in to the enemy. And, and I want us to turn to that passage in Isaiah 55. And, and uh, there was an interesting passage in that. And you'll have to forgive me here. I had to print out my Bible that I was going to read this out of. The print so small that I, I'm like, my old eyes couldn't read it, so I had to print my own passages out here so I could read it. But here we go. You know how it is. We <laughs> In Isaiah 55, verses 10 through 12, this is the New Living Testament. Uh, I'm, 
I really have begun to like this New Living Testament. It's easy to read. Anyway, the Scripture says, The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. Talking about the growing. We have to tend the Holy Spirit that's in us. What does that mean? you got to pray. You need to read the Scripture. You need to communicate with the Father. You need to tend that that's in you. They, they cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. In other words, there's that fruit beginning to grow because it's being attended to. It is the same with my Word, the Scripture says. I will send it out. I love this. And it always, 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 not sometimes, always produces fruit. It said, I will accomplish all I want it to. And it will prosper. It says, it will accomplish, I'm sorry, all I want it to. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. And I read this, and I, I, just, I was talking to Trish about this. I love this part. It says, you will live in joy and peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song. And the trees of the field will clap their hands. I remember this, the first thing I thought about when I read this was, remember the cartoons when we were a kid, you know, and, and the guy would be going through the forest and the trees would be just singing and dancing. And I thought, yeah, that, you know, that puts me back in my old, uh, the, the childlike mind. But I, just, I thought it was so cool. It says, the hills and the mountains will sing and the trees will clap their hands. Well, that tells me that, that everything around me is going to be joy and peace when it's inside me. Now, we already talked about that the things around you are not always going to be sweet and nice and good. But when you have the peace on the inside, you see, then it converts to all the things on the outside. Okay, so you got a flat tire and the washer breaks down and the air conditioner crashes in July, you know. But still, there's something in you that gives you peace. Or you might even be like me and the doctor diagnoses you with that C word, and I refuse to give it a name any longer. And, you know, they diagnose you with something, and, and, and you, you think, oh my goodness, but the peace, the, the peace in me spoke to me. And, and, and I actually feel like I heard the Holy Spirit speak literally to me. It's okay, I've got this. So I went through two years of treatment. Hey, you know, he didn't tell me to stop the treatment. He just said, I've got this. I went through two years of treatment. And I remember the day that I walked out of the doctor's office and they told me, oh, you need to ring the bell because you're cancer-free. And the first thing that crossed my mind, the Holy Spirit told me he had this. And He is faithful to His Word. And I can stand here and honestly say, during that two years, without that peace, I don't know where I would have been. But it was interesting that one of the medicines, the medications that I take, it's quite expensive. And um, so we got a grant. And, and the medication was paid for by the grant. And the time came up that that grant was over with and, and something needed to be done. And Trish says, well, you know, I can't find a grant, you know. And, uh, and there was a peace in me at that time because I'd been going through this and, and God had been faithful the whole way. And so I said, you know what? 
if God wants me to continue taking this, He'll provide one. And if not, I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to say, okay, God, you said you got it. And if I don't get the grant, that means that I don't need to take this any longer. And it was like the next day. Someone called her on the telephone and said, oh, we found a grant that, that we, can, we can redo and, and, and reestablish this. So, and then it, this just happened just the other day that uh, uh, that grant had, had run out as well. And she said something about it. She didn't really say anything right away. It was like right before my medicine ran out completely. She said, you know, uh, I didn't find a grant. And I said, well, you know how I feel about that. She said, I know, I'm, I'm just saying. I said, okay. And it was funny because she was in the middle of texting some of our friends to pray about this. And right in the middle of it, she decided to go to the mailbox. Yeah, you got it. In the mailbox was a letter that said, oh, you've been approved for this other grant. So folks, you can have peace no matter where you are, no matter what your circumstances are. I don't live under circumstances. I live in peace. Circumstances can be all around me, but I refuse to live under circumstances. I'm going to live in peace. I'm lost now. Yes. You know, it, it, it's a good thing when we can read and get into Scripture. And um, we can be in His presence. We're called into His presence. And when we're called into His presence and we become part of the family of God, we can we can live in confidence. And I, I have to say that that's where we've been, Trish and I, for the, for the past couple of years. Uh, in Hebrews, very familiar scripture, Hebrews 4th chapter, verse 16 says that, that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. And why can we come boldly to the, to the throne of grace? To receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. And, and you know, before we're Christians, before we're born again, we don't have that we don't have that privilege but being a child of god letting that, that stuff grow in us that that planted that fruit planted in us letting it grow we can live in confidence that we can go before the throne and say hey father you know uh, i got this thing going on i need you to deal with um i mean i can i can deal with things sometimes and it's always the wrong thing i mean i you know i i'm real bad about getting hasty and jump in and do the wrong things and I know I'm not the only one in here that does that. But if I wait on God, He's always faithful to work it out and to do what the right thing is. And I've learned, and it's about time, I've learned to just back off a little bit and say, okay, you've got it, God. You're in charge. And it always works out. And He said, I can come boldly to the throne and ask Him. And so that's a blessing to me. And looking at Philippians once again, Fourth chapter again, if you're still there holding your place. Scripture says, and this is Paul speaking to the church at Philippi, always be full of joy in the Lord. And I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. But don't worry about anything. Instead, 
Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Go boldly to the throne of grace. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. I love this part coming up. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So Jesus said this in John the 14th chapter. I'm going to close with this. He was talking to His disciples. And they were all concerned about Him leaving and, and, and leaving them alone. And He was going to go away. And He, he said this. He didn't, didn't want them to be concerned. John 14, 27. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So while the world is dealing with their, with their problems, and really the, the, the alternative to giving up to, to the Lord and being in the peace of the, uh, the Holy Spirit is to live in doubt and fear and foreboding of what's going on around you and, and giving yourself in to the outside uh, influences that are going on in the world. The alternative to that is living in the peace of, uh, of Jesus. And He said, I give you this gift. And He said, the world can't give it to you. I'm giving you something the world cannot give to you. This is peace. Don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. And I appreciate you guys so much. All the prayers that were put up during this time that they were going through all these things. But the truth is, the Holy Spirit planted a fruit of peace in my heart. And that fruit is what allowed me to just let God be in charge. I'd like you to stand with me this morning. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your circumstances are outside and, and outside influences are. But I know this, that the God of peace, the Scripture says He will guard your hearts and guard your minds with that peace if we'll allow Him. So I'd like for you to bow your heads with me this morning. And I'd just like to pray for you. Father, Lord, you already quickened my spirit that there's someone here that, that's dealing with a... And it seems to me that's a financial situation. Lord, but, but whatever. Let the peace that you have, the peace that we can't give, let it overwhelm this person this morning. Let it just fill them up to the brim. Father, we want to stand in Your peace. We want to reside in Your peace. We want to live in that peace. Because that peace lives in us, we can do that. And Lord, whatever the world has got going on out there, we're not detached from it. We're not set apart from it but we can be in it and still be at peace with You. And You can give us the peace to go through these things. And Father, right now, I declare peace, Lord, in the lives of these people that are standing in this room right now. I declare, O oh God, that, that their faith arises today and they can, they can allow Your fruit, Your peace to mature and to grow in them 
to the point, oh God, that there is nothing on the external that can affect the peace on the internal. And I give you praise for all that today in Jesus' name. Amen.